Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Light Seekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Light Seekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back, Seekers. This is episode 14 of Need More Buffs. I'm your host, Matt Sonnenberg. Today's guest, many of you may have met at PAX Unplugged. If you were at the Light Seekers booth at PAX Unplugged, there's a good chance you recognize his voice. That is, if you caught him before the last day when he completely lost his voice. But even if you haven't met him in person, you've probably run across him in one of the many online Light Seekers forums or communities. And there he goes by the name Wanton Nerd. In addition to being an avid Lightseekers player, Chino also has the advantage of working at his local game store. So he's able to give us a little update on the health and actually the growth of the Lightseekers franchise from that perspective. Today we'll be discussing his Fish Singer Ushi deck. I know we've already done an Ushi deck, but... I can tell you this is a vastly different deck from the one we saw back in episode 10 with Rev the Brody. If you want to check out the first deck we discussed, you can find that at DeliverCrab.com slash 010. But the show notes for this episode, along with today's deck list, can be found at DeliverCrab.com slash 014. So without any further ado, please join me in welcoming Chino to the show. Welcome to the show, Chino. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty great. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. I first met you like I did with so many other people at PAX Unplugged. Correct, yes. But we have had a fair number of interactions prior to that, I think, mo- mostly like in the Lightseekers forum and such. Yes, um, yeah. F- from what I know, you- you've been <laughs> hooked on Lightseekers possibly longer than I have. So that that's that's pretty cool to see. But I, I, as I do with everybody, I want to jump into your background right away. And if you could okay. just yep. kind of explain where you're coming from. I, ha, have you played other TCGs before? Have you? Oh, put, yeah. What other yeah. games you're playing? <laughs> that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm what you call an OG. Uh, I am an original gamer. I was kind of born into the industry. Um, Family-wise, I was raised on uh, role-playing games, specifically Dungeons & Dragons is where I got my start. Uh, when I was five or six, uh, I started wow. playing. I didn't really understand all the rules, but I was playing. Uh, and then as I got older, I started interacting with you know different gamers and different <laughs> groups. Video games, obviously, big part of that as well. I'm an original Magic player. I started playing when the game came out. Uh, after school program, the people who were watching me, one of my counselors was was a Magic player, and he was like, "Hey, you guys might like this game." So me and my brother got into that. Uh, my older brother. Also a big gamer. He actually works in the industry, makes video games for a living. So, you know, magic is in my blood, as is gaming, as are video games, and that's kind of where everything goes to. I can expound on that uh, endlessly, but I've pretty much played every TCJ out there for some amount of time. Wow. All the big ones, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, you know, Vanguard, uh, Marvel Versus, I could go on and on mm-hmm. uh, about all the various games that have come and gone throughout the years, but... Yeah, I've I've been a competitive Magic player. Uh, I've retired since then, many many years ago. But I used to go to tournaments and you know win some prizes and stuff. So it was that's, many moons ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. When you when you said you were born into gaming, you weren't kidding. Like 
that's possibly yeah, yeah. the the most game centric family that I've ever heard of. I mean, just oh yeah, everybody yeah. seems to be into games, and everywhere you went, you were just games, games, games all over the place. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a nerd through like through and through. Uh, video games and games are one part of it, but comic books, you know, novels as well. Uh, the, everything geeky and nerdy, I'm I'm pretty much into. Uh, I married a scientist, so you know, <laughs> it's it's kind of in my family, and and I'm passing on that lineage pretty strongly. Yeah, definitely. I I love to see that, but that even doesn't even surprise me then that you've gotten into Lightseekers as soon as you did. I it just so some contact somewhere knew about it, I'm sure. But oh yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm uh I'm on the interwebs as are many people, and uh, I'm a huge fan of you know projects that are funded through uh crowdsourcing you know uh, kickstarters and whatnot and so i follow them pretty avidly for personal reasons but also professionally uh because i am sort of you know in the industry as we've you know previously discussed mm-hmm. um you know i do work at a game store so it's kind of my job to learn about new games and projects and follow them and see where they go because that way we can kind of have a heads up when the new hotness comes out and we can have a leg up on any potential competition uh, but Lightseekers was something that I was personally invested into. For those who don't know, the project was funded on Kickstarter uh, originally. Very true. So when it came out, I was like, this is a really cool thing. Um, I play card games, obviously, but I have a daughter. She's uh, 12 now. But, you know, when she was very young, <laughs> we did a lot of the Skylanders, like many people did for, um, you know, the all the augmented reality interface kind of video games. Yeah. And so we went really big into Skylanders. Touched a little bit on uh, Disney Infinity and, you know, Lego Dimensions and then Lightseekers uh, because of its its augmented reality video game. You know, the app, we were totally on board. So I followed the project. Um, February uh, last year, uh, New York Toy Fair came around. Play Fusion was there, advertised to my boss. And he came back and he was like, hey, guys, look at this awesome project. Oh, my God, I already know about it. Uh, I tried to tell you a couple months ago, and you said, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Um, and so we've, we looked more into the project uh, from a professional standpoint, and we really saw that there was something special there with all the various aspects, uh, something to appeal to kind of everyone, especially the card game, because it is hands down one of the most um, unique card games that I've played over my many years of playing games. And the one card game that uh, has renewed my love of trading card games. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. <laughs> that's that's great to hear. I, I mean, I haven't been heavily into TG, TCGs really ever. I, sure. I just it's been around them casually, and mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm I'm glad to see that my interest in this game isn't just an accident. It seems that those yeah, who no. have been in the I industry think... <laughs> for a while are, are are realizing that this is something special too. Yes, yeah, I think the exposure um, is starting to finally get there, uh, where some people who are in the industry, either as fans or as personalities or as business people, um, have noticed that the game is picking up. There's a lot of talk about it. There's a lot of support for it, and that it's really like catching lightning in a bottle. Um, I think you've mentioned it on the show before, but the creators, uh, you know, Chris and Benny could have just made trading card games for the app, you know, just collectible cards to, to, you know, have in your collection and scan into the game. 
but they decided to make an actual functioning game with it that is just phenomenal like like catching light, lightning in a bottle really yeah uh, with their mechanics the balance and so many various uh, uh mechanics that are familiar for people who have been playing for a long time uh in tcgs but very unique so that it has its own place in the tcg world and has a chance to thrive yeah that that's that's something that i'm just so happy that it's actually happening oh yeah like i (laughs) Uh, trust me, I have a lot of light seekers, uh, besides just the figures in the game. Cause I do mm-hmm. like that. Um, I have a lot of cards. I, I, I have three of every starter deck, at least, uh, I have a collection, which I am foiling out now because I have the entire collection yeah. of the cards that have been released. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I am starting to foil now cause I'm that kind of crazy person. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, are, are you, are you going for an entire foil playset or? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I have about um a third of it done from the, you know, 300 some cards that are yeah, yeah. foil <laughs> foilable. Exactly. Yeah, that that's the unfortunate part right now is not all all cards are foiled, but right, which uh, made me a little sad inside, but apparently uh I have been told and reassured that that will be uh addressed and rectified in the future. Yeah, so collectors that's, like that's me, what we're all hoping. <laughs> and and uh while I have the opportunity of anyone else is listening out there put numbers on the cards for us collectors so we don't uh, go insane trying to find a way to order our cards i'm, I'm just throwing that out there yeah there, there will be many improvements going forward now sure, that they know sure. just how big the game has gotten uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I have pretty good direct contact with the company um mm-hmm. professionally so every now and then i'll throw in my opinions versus my you know professional insights so i'll be like by the way if you could do this that'd be great <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Aside from your history with it, I think we'll step into the future a little more now and see what you have been playing. And you have a deck you brought along today to share Mm -hmm. with us. Yep. It is, I believe, another Fish Singer Ushi deck, which I'm always excited to see. One of my (laughs) favorite heroes out there right now. Yeah, yeah. I think very underrated. I think people don't realize just how potentially strong Fish Singer Ushi is. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need a solid deck to surround it, but like you said, there's a lot of potential there. So if you want to give us a quick rundown of what's in your deck, then we can break it down further. Sure, sure. So uh, this was my PAX Unplugged deck. Uh, I actually worked PAX, and I didn't anticipate being able to play it, but I was fortunate enough that I did get the opportunity, and it did uh, better than I played it, uh, unfortunately, but it, it was a great deck. It was a good time. So uh, my five combos are Stormwall, Electrified, Deluge, uh, Rolling Thunder, Tornado, and Electrify. And then for my action cards, I have uh, two Spark Wisps, uh, two Heroic Starfish, two Dust Fiends, uh, three Storm Shaman, uh, two Thunderslugs, two Zapper Bugs, three Mari Bards, a Storm Whisperer, a Hurricane Spirit, and three Vitalizing Frogs from the Storm Order. And it is a cross-order deck, so I do have some uh, splash into the tech through Explosives. I have three Bomblings, two Tyrax Mercenaries, a Crazed Bomber, a Blasting Cannon, Nitro Hammer, and Tantosian Blacksmith, because obviously you need Tantosian Blacksmith. Absolutely. No one's going to question you on that one. So <laughs> it's hands down the, the, my single, uh, recommended card for anyone who has it, keep it, uh, don't throw it away. Don't trade it away. Hold on to it. Uh, if you stop playing the game, send them to me. I will buy them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'll take all the Tantosha Blacksmiths. Yes, yes. So the first thing that stood out to me about this deck is you are currently carrying two different weapons for the same element. Yes. Is there yeah. any any reasoning for that? Uh, yes. So uh, initially, I only had one item in here, mm-hmm. and it actually unbalanced my deck a little bit. Uh, you have two slots, or you have technically two points worth of items. Yeah. So you can have one two-point item or two one-point items, um, and you can either splash two colors or two different elements from the same order. Uh, but the reasoning I did that was because I wanted the superiority through the blasting cannon and I wanted the ability from the nitro hammer. Also, having two items in the deck means more likelihood that you'll be able to draw one as well as using the Tantosian Blacksmith to its fullest extent. So if you don't get the Tantosian Blacksmith because it's bottom decked for some reason, then you still have the chance to play one of the two items and more likelihood to have access to the actual element that you want. And that's what the biggest problem that I had. I had more Tantosian Blacksmith previously, um, and I would end up with a dead card and nothing to do with Mm -hmm. it because... If you don't have an item to play, then Tantosian Blacksmith kind of sits there. I, I I've I've gone to that ratio most of the time as well, like the one to two um, blacksmith to items. But yeah, it works pretty well. Yeah, that I, I, this is the first time I think I've seen the two items, like I said, for the same element. And so, like, I I completely get your reasoning behind it. I just had never seen that before. So if you do get to your blacksmith first, I I suppose it could depend a little bit on how the game's going. But generally speaking, do you prefer one item over the other? Initially, I want the blasting cannon uh, so that I can have more plays. And then the nitro hammer for the action, which is um, you do three damage and take one. Okay. So that's probably going to be a little more late game type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a little extra punch because uh, this deck is trying to capitalize on cheap combos, uh, returning combos, and lots of quick action cards doing lots of stacking damage. With the cross-order decks, a lot of people are going to include your cross-order combo. So it's no surprise to see Electrify in there. How has that played out for you? I'm always interested to see how the the cross-order combos work for people. So in early builds of the deck, the deck was a much more buff-heavy deck, and it turned out that all of my lingering damage, all of my recovery, all of my ability to do anything against the opponent was almost always countered by removal. So the buffs tended to be uh, either superfluous or a a terrible gamble Mm -hmm. because they ended up being such big targets that they weren't really worth it. And I focused a lot more on combo use uh, or combo buffing through Storm Whisper. Uh, so I had three originally, and it it almost always got removed. One almost always lingered, and it was fine if it stayed and if it was fine if it kind of left. Um, so I ended up downsizing the Storm Whispers and changing up. So rather than having all kinds of buffs, I had just one or two um, in the combo area. So Electrify does help. And the big focus for this deck is to throw out buffs that are what I call lures, essentially to um, annoy the opponent, harass them enough that they want to remove those buffs in favor of me getting rid of their buff removal early so I can play the buffs that I actually want. So more often than not, the the Electrify is exactly that. Uh, It's doing two damage to them at the start of their turn, and that gets annoying very quickly. 
if they're not dealing with it. If it's a storm whisperer on top of that, or more than one storm whisperer, you're doing two, four, six, however many damage, and it gets really, really crazy very quickly. Um, and then if you get attacked, you also deal six damage back to them. So less incentive for them to attack without having some kind of damage mitigation or recovery from that. So it's um, it's actually been pretty helpful. It's it's an it's a nice card. I, I appreciate Electrify. Yeah, I can see that. You, you mentioned you, you well, maybe this has changed again, but you originally had a lot of buffs, but then kind of downsized it. I, I see you still have. I mean, Electrify is a buff. Stormwall sure. is a buff and yes. Rolling Thunder as well. Yes. So um, originally I didn't have Electrified Deluge in here or Tornado. I had two other buffs, mm-hmm. uh, one for healing and one for more damage. And it just didn't work out that well. Uh, so I decided to, to put some more attack in this and keep it kind of balanced. Uh, the real draw of Electrified Deluge is obviously the damage. And with uh, Ushi's ability... I also have the option to only have to use two cards. So fantastic, right? Yeah. Um, and then Tornado is just recovery. Um, recovering anything that I lost through removal or you know, more often than not, it's it's removal because we have some other cards for, for recovery otherwise with mm-hmm. uh, Zapperlug specifically. It, it, exactly. That's that's where I was going next. It's, I, it, it, it's, that's one of my favorite things to look for in the game right now is recovery. Cause I, oh yeah, I, like in most of my early builds, I just didn't think about it being that powerful or that. But then seeing how quickly you can get through your deck, or how quickly people are to remove your buffs, like it, it became right. a, a necessity at that point. Sure, sure. So and and the the big draw of this deck is to not hold back on your attack. Yeah, a lot of people either go. Full in on attack or hold back. This is uh, without the damage mitigation. This is a, a mid-tempo deck. It, it tries to keep a, a nice press of damage going towards the enemy, mm-hmm. recovering that damage ability through you know Zapper Bug and Tornado, uh, so you can continue to try and do more damage, and then stacking a lot of um, big hits all at once when your enemy doesn't really expect it. So I like I would assume okay so so zapper bug specifically you can only recover your attack and defend cards right so I must, I, I would assume so tornado you, ends up yeah with the tornado it would <laughs> be ahead. most of the buffs then that's where you're going after correct yeah exactly so mostly I'm going to recover buffs with tornado and uh because we have uh, a couple cards in here that allow us to to recover I don't have to hold back quite as much mm-hmm. Um, I have altered this deck since packs. It's not too much, but it, it's back to an earlier build. It's a lot more complex, but it does work more often. I just have to really be on top of my game to, to capitalize on my plays. Uh, but this one still works fantastically. This build is a lot less strategy involved and a lot more just uh, aggressive, which is sure. not really my play style, but <laughs> it, it does work pretty well, so I should probably... Work on my aggression a little bit more. <laughs> there you go. But for for anyone who that is your play style, this this might be something to look at then. Oh Just sure. Out of curiosity, have you ever managed to have a, a, like a, at least one zapper bug in play and then play a tornado? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I've had like zapper six bug. cards. Yeah, I've had zapper bug out 
and uh, uh, I've had both Zapper Bugs out and played Tornado <laughs> and just gotten a whole bunch of stuff that I had discarded before. And I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with this. Yeah. I'm okay with this completely. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, more often than not, Electrify and um, even Stormwall are thrown out very early if I can get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are usually the the ones that I try to throw out as early as possible one because Stormwall does slow down the aggression from enemies being that it, you know it stops them from being able to attack and it's also doing some little punch of damage every turn so it gets annoying and it, it gets annoying quick so when it gets to that second corner usually one of the removal is gone yeah and with each order having their own removal and three of those orders being burn removal mm-hmm. uh, and then only one obviously in in uh, thunderslug uh, being a buff, you more often than not see them like, oh no, it's a storm wall. Let me get rid of that because that's going to be annoying, and so I don't have to worry about that removal too much. Uh, Electrify, same thing. It's a harassing card, so they're going to want to get rid of it very quickly. Um, and even even though Storm Whisper is a great card for my combos, if it stays out, great. If it doesn't, that's another one that I can basically paint a target on and say, hey, you want to remove this? Exactly. You, see- you, you still considered that a win. Oh, sure. And and many times in, in my games, I've been able to utilize and capitalize on my my combos very heavily for this. But this isn't actually a very combo-centric deck. The, the renewal of combos is great. I love them um, if you can get it, but it's, it's more difficult because it's very obvious. Uh, so what I went with this was, you're going to be wanting to focus on my combos because they're going to be annoying, but... I'm actually going to be using my action cards to do the most damage. The big wing con is pretty obvious, but actually super fun. Uh, so the first play would be Bombling. Uh, Bombling, okay. for those who don't know, is an X and then a 6 on the corner. It's a clunky, irregular buff on the second corner. And it says when you attack, you deal 6 damage from the Bombling. So Bombling basically is waiting for you to attack, and then it explodes before your attack goes through. So you play the Bombling and let it get to its 6 corner, and then you'll be playing a Storm Shaman and a Mari Bard in the same turn. And the reason you do that is because Storm Shaman is an X and then a 4. And the 4 increases damage that you do for that turn that it's on the 4. And the Mari Bard uh, cancels out all of your enemies' buffs. Which means all of their recovery, all of their damage mitigation. Uh, it's, it's putting them dormant. Which is the greatest effects in the game i think mari bard might be one of my top five cards mm-hmm. um i don't think i could ever play a game without having mari bard in a storm deck if i have a storm deck mari bard's gonna be in it yeah because it is just it, so fantastic right now it, it, it's one of those cards that just it, it's the only card in the game that can do that yeah oh yeah and it's fantastic yeah so um if you can get more than one bombling amazing if you can't that's okay too uh because uh, the win con for this is bombling storm shaman mari bard and then punching with spark wisp or tyrax mercenary or even that nitro hammer that we were talking about earlier you know dust fiend is there to have the option of either being played for combo cost because dust fiend is amazing it can take the place of any element that you control in the cost of a combo and since our combos are reduced cost you can use those dust fiends to pay for pretty much everything which is pretty amazing in my opinion yeah I mean, at this, as long as you got the items out, like you can use the dust fiend to pay for your electrify even. So, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so, electrify deluge is great. Electrify is great. Um, 
You know, there, there's a lot of options there, but in a single turn with that setup, Bombling will be doing 10 damage on its own because it's 6 plus the 4 from the Storm Shock. And then whatever action card you used, either Spark Wisp or Tyrex Mercenary, is doing another 5 damage uh, with the increase of 4, so that's another 9. And then your second action will be to play another attack card because you want to capitalize on that Storm Shaman and get another 9 damage. You have to use a Nitro Hammer. That's still a, a good 7 damage there. So you're doing at least half damage to them uh, from full health. You know, yeah. you can do a good 25 minimum in a turn. Uh, I've been able to take someone from 35 to zero in one turn many, <laughs> many times because they see the bomblings, but it's a little too late because they've used their removal for Stormwall, mm-hmm. Electrify, Storm Whisperer, you know, whatever. Uh, and at that point, it's a little too late uh, for them to do much. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, that, that's I, I love that plan. Oh, yeah. It and of, it would have worked significantly better at PAX Unplugged. I will point this out. Had I not had almost no sleep that weekend. It's true. Because I was so <laughs> dead that weekend. You, you were in rough shape by the last day. Oh, my God. I didn't even expect to play. I walked in expecting to work, being dead, having no voice. Yeah. Uh, because I lost my voice that weekend. Um, so most people probably don't recognize my voice right now if they interacted <laughs> me at all past day one because uh, I, I was wrecked. Um, but I, I I still think that the deck, uh, while I have made some improvements from my playstyle, works fantastically for what it is. Um, I might suggest for anyone trying to play this game uh, or this deck for the game, if you are more of a cautious player, adding some damage mitigation through the bubble fish, which we all love, know and love. All of the bubble um, fish. Yeah, all the bubble fish. And even though I like Hurricane Spirit for the draw power... And the um, removal, because it does make uh, your opponent discard cards back to their deck, uh, so they have to cycle through again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hurricane Spirit actually was my downfall. So I have since removed it from the deck, uh, which means my draw power is a little weak, but I've made some alterations that kind of counteract that weakness. Sure. So, yeah, uh, Hurricane Spirit is an attack, and it does click off bombling, which means you can set off your bomb a little too early. And premature explosions are bad. (laughs) So, yeah, um, this deck was fantastic. I I had a lot of fun building it and playing it. Um, And it's really nice to see the potential here. But it is a very volatile deck that's also sort of a glass cannon. Because you do have some recovery with the Vitalizing Frogs and the Heroic Starfish. But you don't have that much uh, damage mitigation or even high-end healing. Uh, So it can be a little detrimental because other aggressive decks do kind of beat it out. It's true. Um, Do do you have – is there any healing in there besides Vitalizing Frog? Not – now there is, but previously there wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. The build that I just gave you, that's all it has. Yeah. It's it's very – I mean – you do have the opportunity to return Heroic Starfish and Vitalizing Frog. Oh, with that's true. There's bugs. A there. So it's not too bad because I that's what more often than not I do. Yeah. Uh, and that keeps me in the game because Vitalizing Frog with six healing is fantastic. Um, and Heroic Starfish with a little bit of punch and a little bit of healing is also fantastic. Plus, you can still use it in place of another attack for the bombling. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's nice. It's nice. You got options, yeah. So I've, uh, I've, I highly recommend getting at least one bombling out. At the same time as a Storm Shaman and Amari Bards in your hand, if the bombling gets removed, you know, it's not the end of the world because that's less removal for later and potentially 
more chance for you to utilize your combos, which are still helpful, even if they don't get removed. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they don't get targeted, hey, now you're going to have to deal with a rolling thunder hitting you for potentially 17. So, yeah. you know, yeah. not terrible. Not terrible at all. <laughs> not at all. So you, you mentioned earlier that, that you work at a game store. Yeah. And I'm assuming since you got into it so early and you, your store knew about it so early that they've been dealing cards for a long time now. Yeah. So we uh, we are in our ninth year now, but my boss has been in the industry most of his life, much like myself. He grew up in the industry. His parents owned a store. So he's uh, you know been in this for 40 years. He used to own another store previously, um, and then he decided to open up his own store a couple years after that. And we are are pretty much the only location within about an hour in any direction from where we are. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's pretty awesome, uh, cause we are, you know, very well known, uh, for having a wide variety of hobbies, uh, versus just having games. Okay. So we can appeal to a lot of different people. And the number one thing, uh, I will say, even though we do have magic, which is very well, you know, recognizable. Pokemon, which is very well recognizable. Lightseekers is our only other card game, TCG wise. Awesome. And it has been really successful for us. We've had a lot of people pick it up. We've had a lot of people buying it, coming in, telling their friends. Uh, we do, you know, weekly events. Okay, um, so yeah, that that was my question. Do you do you have weekly or yeah, yeah. even more so? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and- we have. We have uh, uh, different events scheduled for each day of the week, and Sundays is our Lightseeker day. So okay. Lightseeker Sundays, um, you know, people can come in. It's free play. Uh, we actually have run some booster drafts, which was a format they introduced recently sure. back at PAX Unplugged, and they demoed, and we were like, that's awesome. Let's do it. And so we've been doing that. Uh, we were also the first store in the United States and in the world to start carrying Lightseekers the card game. So nice. that's that's a nice badge of honor for us. Um, I'm glad we got in on the ground floor for that reason, because uh, we've been able to kind of show other people. And even though it has been demoed at other locations in like the UK, it wasn't released yet. So mm-hmm. we have a little bit of a leg up there in that uh, we can we can, you know, use that as sort of a, a chatting point for people who are wondering, you know, whether it's worth it or not to get into late seekers, which P.S. It totally is. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Out of curiosity, on average, like how many people do you get in on a Sunday? Then um, we get anywhere between like eight and twelve people minimum. Um, okay. We've had up to twenty, twenty-five people in the store playing Light Seekers at any given yes. time. Uh, we've had some of the people come out from Play Fusion to do demos yeah. early on, uh, give you know some some demonstrations and what have you, run some tournaments of their own. So um, I will say that that. Play Fusion has been fantastic about you know co- cooperation and uh, asking the right questions and doing the right moves to to make the game grow as a whole, the whole inter- intellectual property. And Cascade Games, who I believe you talked about on the last episode, yep. they they're also fantastic. Uh, you know they're the ones who had me working at PAX. They actually asked me if I could come out to PAX because Philly is only about an hour away from <laughs> where I live. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there the whole weekend. You got it. <laughs> so I ended up going early on Thursday. I stayed late pretty much every day. Uh, by Sunday, I was literally dead. Uh, my heart stopped a couple times because <laughs> I was so drained. <laughs> no, it was fantastic. Um, besides yourself, I met a lot of really awesome people, um, several of which you've had on your show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big shout outs to all of them. Uh, Sparky Malarkey, who was on the last episode. Lifesaver and Bova, obviously. 
you know, big tournament winners. Um, I think yeah. you had some random guy on the show too, Stephen. Uh, not yet. Not, not yet? yet. Okay. He, yeah. he, I, he, I know he, 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 he will be on shortly after PAX yes. South. Okay. That's right. I was talking. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm revealing future stuff. Sorry. <laughs> and then, uh, Drusillus. Yes. yes. He was awesome. Uh, you know, everyone there was so great. Chris was, was really cool. Um, and it was just so great to see all the people who have gotten into the game from the ground floor or, you know, very early on with the brand new players, uh, just being so overwhelmingly positive, yeah. you know, the response. Um, I couldn't ask for anything better than that, except more exposure so that more, more people really do getting, get into the game, uh, and help keep it growing, which I think if they have the opportunity to play it, they definitely will get more people to try it. And, uh, I think they'll fall in love with the two. Oh yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> if people want to get a hold of you, talk light seekers or anything else nerdy, uh, wh- where's the best place to get a hold of you? Quick, quick, uh, re- uh, uh, story. Yeah. I was actually working packs the whole weekend and talking to all guys from play fusion and Sunday comes around and I enter the tournament and I put in my, my username, uh, and they had mentioned on the forums, Hey, wanton nerd, who I am mm-hmm. said he was going to be here. And they're like, who's wanton nerd? Why is he up there? Where is he? And I'm like, Oh, that's me guys. And they're like, we've been working with you this whole weekend and that's you. You didn't tell us. And I was like, sorry. So, um, I have a pretty, pretty big presence on the light seeker forums and, uh, people know me by that name, but it's they true. don't necessarily put the two to two together um and realize that you know i i am wanton nerd pretty much everywhere so on the forums wanton nerd uh on facebook i do have a a page on there but it's probably easier to reach me on the twitters uh at again wanton nerd uh that's w-a-n-t-o-n uh it is not wanton which is a (laughs) uh, as i will correct many many people yes so yeah, uh, that's probably the easiest place to reach me because I'm always on the internet and uh, pretty pretty adamant to talk to anyone about Light Seekers mm-hmm. ad nauseum. Awesome. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Thank you once again, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see you again soon at some convention. Yeah, uh, I won't be able to make it to South. It was a little too soon, unfortunately, with some other Light stuff going on, but I will definitely be at PAX East. So Good if you know. want to catch me come out to Boston. And, uh, by that point, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this is public knowledge already. There will be a new set out. So we'll have even more light secret cards to analyze and, and break apart and put up into awesome decks. Oh yeah. We'll be looking forward to it. A big thank you once again, to Chino for coming on the show today. As he mentioned, set two is hopefully going to be out before PAX East. However, I will note that no release date has officially been announced as of this recording, so please keep that in mind. Once again, the show notes for this episode can be found at deliverycrab.com slash 014. It's deliverycrab.com slash 014. If you haven't already, please join us over on Twitter. You can find the show at need more buffs or if you want to follow delivery crab that's at delivery underscore crab you can find all the links in the show notes as well if you don't want to remember all that stuff but please join us on twitter that's the first place that gets updated when we have new inventory uh, when there's new episodes all that all that good stuff all the big light seekers news that's where you're going to be able to find it that's all we have for this week You guys have been keeping me really busy, so 
I gotta go make some more deliveries.